Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm out on the what, and I am fully invested in the how right now. Right? That, that's where I want to be. I want to be with the how questions. How do you teach it? How do you coach it? How do you rep it? How do you practice it? The problems that came up, how did you fix them? How did you anticipate them? How did you not anticipate them? In this episode, we share a clinic segment from Dan Carroll, co-defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, at Coastal Carolina. Coach Carroll delves into the essential elements of teaching run defense, such as using consistent language and helping players understand formations and distributions. He shares his insight gained from experience in how to build run fits from back to front and strategize defensive calls focusing on alignment, leverage, numbers, and aggression. He explains how to make the most of your personnel and set up play calls to defend against runs while gaining an advantage in coverage. Coach Carroll did an entire series with us last season in which he explored a number of defenses across college football, as well as sharing weekly tips on how to stop the option. We'll link the series in the show notes, as well as this entire talk, which is now available on CoachTube. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512 514-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. I'm really excited to get a chance to do this. Excited for an opportunity to work with John doing this. Really appreciate what John does through this foundation. You know, I think uh, a lot of us would tell our players, teach our guys, whether you call it adversity, whether you call it circumstances, you know, however you see it, you just hope that when those things show up that 
you know, they realize that it's their response that matters and it's not, you know, the adversity of the circumstance in front of them. And I think John embodies that. And I just am appreciative of him giving me an opportunity, a small opportunity to give back to this foundation. Just got to Coastal Carolina briefly. I'm not going to do a whole bio, but just got to Coastal Carolina. I've been here about two and a half months. And obviously we're a new staff and uh, Coach Tim Beck is the head coach. And I uh, just shout out to him for being the most gracious and one of the better people in this business and somebody I'm excited to work for. And it's going to be a, uh, obviously the last staff did an incredible job here and we're looking to just keep that thing going and, and move it, move it forward the best we can, but excited to have this opportunity to be here. So today okay, I'm going to talk a little bit of building a run fit system, how I've done that in the past as the coordinator in the past, as somebody who's, who's building that out and just what are the things that I've looked for in order to get that done. So you know, I talk about building systems. Okay, I think about systems in my head. It is it's systems over plays, systems over calls, systems over blitzes. How do we build out a system? And, I, and I'll kind of go through what I mean by that. I spend a lot of time watching clinics, and you know, like we all do. We, you know, obviously most of us are, are pretty obsessed with this stuff, and we're, we're watching clinics and we're watching different videos and you know, watching other people's game tape, trying to figure out what they do. And the one prevailing thing that always comes up to me and this is a little bit of a soapbox issue for me so if I take a lot of I don't want to take a lot of time but is so many people are interested in what I would call the what okay and I, I think you know those questions and you have those conversations with your friends and you call on a bye week you start talking to your friends maybe or right when the season's over or right before the season starts it's always the what conversations and you know what they are right what you doing on third down what coverages are you using to stop the RPOs? What is your red zone plan? Or I'm out on the what. And I am fully invested in the how right now. Right? That, that's where I want to be. I want to be with the how questions. How do you teach it? How do you coach it? How do you rep it? How do you practice it? The problems that came up, how did you fix them? How did you anticipate them? How did you not anticipate them? Right. So when, when all those things happen, I think for the what, you know, what's the new blitz? What's the new creeper? What's the new sim pressure? If, you know, if you distinguish those things like what the what's many of you guys watching this thing, can, you can draw the what's on the board all day. You can draw them with your left hand. That's not the hard part. The hard part is, is the how. And I try to think about that every time we do something, we install something, you know, we, we build something out It is the system and how, how we're going to be able to do this. Okay. Cause I think those are the hard questions and sometimes the ones that we don't ask ourselves enough and I'm as guilty as anybody doing that. So uh, this will be the a run fit system that I've built. Like I said, more as when I was the coordinator, I spent last year in the USFL as a coordinator and a lot of the tape you'll see is from that. So it's something that, you know, and we'll talk about systems in themselves as we go, but the important part to get out of this, in my opinion, is not, what I did, but how we came to the conclusion of what the run fit system should be and the things that we thought about, the things that we looked at, the things that we considered when we were sitting there saying, all right, this is how we need to teach these run fits. And these are the things that we need to look at. So building a run fit system. First thing, is it teachable? Okay. And that's to me, that's relative to my group, relative to the players I had. I've had a very strong variety of players over the years. I coached one group of Freshmen and sophomores almost exclusively. 
and we had to play a, a pretty tough schedule. And just to get them on the field and going in the right direction was a, a chore and a task. But obviously those things make you such a better coach and it gives you such a different perspective on teaching. Right? And then I was fortunate enough to have an opportunity to coach older players. Right? And USFL, 26, 27, 28-year-old guys that know a lot of football. Right? So I think that when you're building systems out for your group, can I teach this to my guys? That's the biggest question you have to ask yourself when you say, is it teachable? Is it adaptable? And things are going to change. Change is the most constant thing that we have in our game. Am I prepared for the things I know will change? That's the biggest thing. There's things that have changed every single year, game to game, week to week. Are you building a system with that in mind? You know, one of those things would be just generically, if we're in playing cover four, we're in quarters, and we've practiced it for a whole training camp and two weeks of using the nickel in the run fit or the overhang, Sam nickel, whoever that is, right? Using him in the run fit. He's primary run fitter. Now, all of a sudden, some slot receiver's wearing us out. And we're going to go ahead and move him outside of the two, play him in like a quarter flat technique. And basically, by all intents and purposes, you're getting like a bracket on the slot. Well, now the run fit's different over there, right? We don't have a support player on that side. So did we build it? knowing that that was going to happen because it's inevitable when you're a quarters team, it's inevitable. And do we have a way to easily get that communicated to the inside linebackers, to the D line, whoever, you know, however that fits with the rest of the guys. And then is the language consistent? Language is important. Language is extremely important. And to me, consistent language ties into how fast we can get something taught. When I say how fast we can get it taught, just having a working knowledge of it, while we are installing it. And then once we can start to get good reps at it, then it's only a matter of time before we're actually good at it. So it's how fast can we start to get reps at it where everybody kind of understands it and then it'll get good, right? It'll eventually get good if we can do that. But sometimes it takes us so long to even start to get quality reps. And the longer that takes, you're just delaying how long it's gonna take to get good at it. And I think the biggest factor in that is starting with consistent language. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas State champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www 
www.teammofo.com slash demo and mention Coaching Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code CC10 to receive 10% off your first year. Teaching run defense, formations and distribution. Players must understand formations and distribution, how they affect the schemes that they're going to see. And I would say that distribution is a bigger part of that than formation. Offenses change formations a lot. They motion, they shift, they trade. But when you look at distributions, you look at four by one, you look at three by two, you look at three away from passing strength, whatever you look at, whatever the things are that, that you see in your league and in your time, who you play against, whatever that is, that th- those distributions stay similar. Right? The same plays, the same things that you see, they just stay very similar throughout a breakdown, the course of a season, the course of a career of a, of a coach. They're a four by one run RPO team. And that's probably what they're going to be. And they're going to find creative ways to get to it. So understanding those distributions and teaching the players to understand them. I think it's really important to define flows. Again, it comes back to what you're comfortable with, what you think you're comfortable teaching, what you think you're comfortable with the players understanding. I've seen people teach two different flows, direct and fast. I've seen them add in, add in different types of you know, caveats to that. And you end up with four or five different flows. However you teach it and coach it, it's important. But everybody off the ball defender needs to understand what the backfield actions are and what the run flows are. Okay, You might call them you know, backfield action, whatever. But every ball off the ball defender needs to understand those because they're going to come into play and it's going to be the language. It's going to, again, make you adjust in game. When we get this type of flow, we need to do this. Well, if we haven't been coaching that the whole year, if we haven't been coaching the safeties, coaching uh, maybe it's a cloud corner that you count in the run fit. If we haven't been coaching those guys on those things all year, it's going to be hard to make the adjustments we need to to stop a play that might be happening in the game, right? So it's important to define the flows and make sure everybody understands it off the ball. Okay, building run fits. This is uh, not an indictment on the importance of any position, but you build your run fits from back to front. You build your run fits from back to front. And the the two main questions are how many secondary support players are going to be in this fit? How many safeties, nickels, corners are going to be in this run fit? And then where are they coming from? Okay, those are going to be the two biggest questions that you have to answer when you're building out a run fit system. Secondary support players, how many? Where do they come from? Fronts adjust to the coverage. Okay, does not mean D-line play is less important to stopping a run than safety play. Quite the opposite, okay, quite the opposite. However, people with the most space and distance are going to be the off-the-ball guys, and we got to put them in advantageous situations. I mean, if I'm a D lineman, generally speaking, I'm playing three technique on the right guard, play three technique on the left guard, doesn't matter that much to me. What It can matter to the secondary support players. You know, go back to the example that we just had. If you're in cover four and you're counting the nickel as a primary run fit player, with the back away, we'll say, and it's kind of going to tie into what we talk about here in a few few minutes, but you're counting the nickels primary run fit player. Well, he's the B-gap defender if you set the three technique away from him, but if you set it to him, he's got to go clear to the A-gap. So he's got to play apex to A-gap. Maybe that can work for you. Maybe your three technique's really good. He's going to close it off anyway. Um, there's reasons to do it, but for the most part, it's most advantageous to say, hey, we're going to set the bubble to our support player. A lot of times that's what you're going to do, right? And if you're playing some version of cloud out there and you're not counting him and you're counting the other safety, now we're going to, you know, we're going to put the bubble to him. 
okay, whatever the case may be on that. So that's the fronts adjusting to the coverage and putting the, the secondary support players in the most advantageous situations they can be in. Now, other ways to adjust the front to the coverage is you have your run stunts, right? You have the ways to push the gap out. There's a gap over there. It's got to be played by a support player. How do we get it out as wide as we can? You know, do we cross out blocks, right? I've done some of that where you have a whole front build around, you get base base and they're going to cross, right? It's going to turn into, you know, like pirate stunts or whatever on the base outs, on the run blocks. You got your run text games, you got your nose and tackle, changing the bubble post snap. You have all that. And those are all run stunts that, you know, you can implement, but we're going to use the front to adjust the coverage. How do we do it? Whether it's just by setting three technique and advantageous place to do that based on the coverage structure, or if we're going to run a stunt to push the gap out wider, right? To get it out to a neck or to a safety. But it's very important to understand. We build the run fronts, back the front, and we adjust the fronts to the coverage. Have to understand that. This slide and then this kind of this school of thought comes back a little bit to what you hear you know, from a traditional option sense where people will talk about numbers and angles and grass. That's how you run the football. Well, I believe it's very similar when you stop the run. Okay, so the ways to stop the run, the first way we can do it is with numbers. We can plus the box. And that'll, you know, again, that's a term that's going to make a lot more sense here in a, in a minute or two. But we can plus the box. We can always get, we can put a support player on each side, and we can always be plus one. Or if they're running the quarterback, we're evened out versus Q run. But we're always plus one for the amount of gaps they have in the box. So we can plus the box, win with numbers, support player on each side. What you have to think about as you're talking through these things in your head and you're deciding you know, how you're going to fit this or what coverage structure you want to be in for certain plays, that type of thing. Every time you take one from the back and put it in the front, you've made the back more vulnerable, right? From a, from a pass perspective, from an RPO, whatever, whatever, right? But you've created some vulnerability in the back end every time you do that. And if you're really talented in the back end and you want to plus the box all the time and they can't throw the ball on it, you're usually in pretty good shape. Okay, so that's winning with numbers, right? Plus in the box. Win with aggression. To me, when we're even numbers, right, that's when we got to play harder, downhill, more aggressive. And when we go through footworks and, and, and just kind of what the expectation is, even numbers, right? Downhill backers. Think about cover three, right? One back, one gap. You get any type of direct flow, it's go time. That's winning with aggression, right? We're evened out. We got a guy in the post. You know, we are one guy for each gap. There's no extra player in there. To get guys off double teams, we're playing downhill, right? Typically, this is your blitz fits too. You know, if you play fire zone, you play one high man blitzes. Some people have their trap pressures and, you know, you have two high pressures and you maybe get an extra fitter in, in certain situations at certain sides, but – you know, your general one high man blitzes and one high fire zone blitzes is the same thing. We are even numbered out. Okay. We got to, we got to win by playing downhill and playing harder. And then you can win by alignment and leverage. You can stop the run with alignment and leverage. Put the guys where we need them, right? Pre-snap or post-snap stunts movement require formation awareness and game plan. So this is kind of how I look at it. If we were in certain situations, if we wanted to play short in the run game, we want to play with one less guy than they have, then we have to have those situations pinpointed to where we know the runs we might get. You know, maybe I'm talking like a second and medium to a second and long, like it's second and eight type of 
type of situation. You want to get into some some calls where we might be down a hat in the run game. What are the runs they've ran in those situations? Well, it's been inside zone. Okay, do we have a stunt where we can steal a gap back? Yeah, this one will be pretty good for us. Okay, great. That's 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 alignment and leverage. Okay, they've ran all, you know, they've ran these 10 personnel counters. We can get both backers over there and have the end as long as we put the three technique away from the back or to the back or, you know, wherever they're going. That's alignment and leverage. We might be short. But if we put our guys exactly where we need them for the plays we're expecting, then we'll live through the runs and we'll be, you know, we'll be plussed out in the coverage. Okay. So, you know, maybe you're in two man or something or in brackets or something like that. That's alignment leverage numbers plus the box out aggression, right? We're even numbers and we got to play harder, faster downhill than them. And then using alignment and leverage would be like we're minus numbers a number and we have to just make sure guys are in the exact right spots for the runs we're expecting. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Here are our winning edge takeaways and ideas for implementation. One, become systems focused. There are a ton of great plays in all phases of the game. What I realized early in my career as an offensive coordinator, that I was becoming a schemer. I had a grab bag of plays, not a system. A system allows you to understand how everything fits together in planning an attack, sequencing play calls, and making adjustments. It allows for a methodical approach in your teaching and coaching, and overall is better for the learner. I have a free document which allows you to take an inventory of your offense or defense. It is designed for offense, but it can be adapted to help you better understand what you've put together on defense. The link will be in the show notes. Two. With the first takeaway in mind, examine how your players are taught to fit the run. Is there a language and communication system that allows for them to remain sound when there's a shift, motion, or unusual formation? The offense is using those tools to mess with the run fits and hopefully get an open gap to exploit. That's what creates an explosive play. So working these things out beforehand and systematizing how it's taught, communicated, and adjusted will allow you to remain sound in your run fits. I recommend listening to our episode from Lawrence First and Goal Clinic with Shane Durking, D.C. at Division Three National Champion North Central, in which he shares how his system allows for players to control gap fits in order to keep themselves out of conflict. I also recommend our episode with Jason Thier, Defensive Coordinator at Dickinson State. This episode is called How Problems Spark Innovation, Creating a Run-Fit System. Check the show notes for both of those links. Three, test your fits on the board with your staff now before you get into fall camp. Look at the toughest schemes, problematic formations, shifts, or motions, and the best opponents you will face. Does your system hold up against all of it? Work these things out now instead of in the heat of battle on a Friday night or Saturday afternoon. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. We want to learn more about your great ideas. In the near future, we'll be sharing ideas of our listeners on the show in a segment we're bringing back named Your Call. Whatever idea that you have that can make a difference for other coaches and their teams and ultimately our great game, please share it with us. 
DM me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski or email me at Keith at coachingcoordinator.com and we'll set you up to record that with us. Be sure to go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes and resources. You can get the slides from this part of Coach Carroll's presentation there. Also sign up for our weekly tip sheet, which includes our best ideas from the previous week and featured resources.